Welcome to Cannons on the Run, episode 13. We planned this time, because, you know, usually it's a number thing. Usually Frater Jonathan just hits record and it's like, <laughs> We were prepared. A Norbertine podcast centered out of St. Norbert Abbey in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm Frater Jonathan. And I'm Frater Jordan. And we are coming live from St. Norbert College. We like to keep you as our listeners uh, experiencing different places that we go to. So sometimes Chicago, sometimes the Pier, the Abbey, most often. Now the college, one time in Rome. Who knows where we'll be next? <laughs> so we, even though you've heard weekly episodes from us right now, we do have a few updates we wanted to share with you from last time. Mm-hmm. You want to start this time? Sure. The greatest experience upon our return to the United States was breakfast. It's really good that you started. Yep, that's the best thing for us to share with you all. We yeah. had a hearty breakfast when we got back. Yeah, so <laughs> we arrived at O'Hare in Chicago around 9, 15, 9, 10 mm-hmm. p.m. Uh, PM. Took the uh, Blue Line train from the airport downtown. Uh, Father James picked us up and uh, we rested well that night. But after morning prayer and mass, Father James, at his invitation, made us a massive breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, he said, don't pour cereal, don't have anything. I'm making breakfast. I hope you guys like pancakes. And I'm like, oh, do I like pancakes? We'll eat it all. So he fried up some eggs, pancakes, sausage, and had coffee. Mm-hmm. Oh, glorious glorious breakfast (laughs) the heavens opened up and god shone down and as part of my classwork one of my classes i think i've spoken about is presiding too and so actually the practice of reconciliation or or hearing confessions uh so right now i have to get five people so trying to get uh, diversity there so it's kind of nice in norbertine life to get diversity Mm -hmm. And, you know, since priests are are men, trying to get a female perspective and especially uh, knowing somebody who's most in need of reconciliation, our our director of communications, uh, Prater Jonathan, and my boss, uh, Judy Turba. Uh, I'm just kidding. It was an enjoyable experience. Uh, Judy is so giving. We are thankful. That is awesome. I have no comment to that. That's that's hilarious. <laughs> so that's that's what's new since coming back from Rome. Yeah. Well, we got back and it's kind of like hit the ground running. It was the same for me. I got back and I helped one of the one of the students who is in the Abbey Singers, and one of the students was in need of an accompanist for a recital. So a couple months out, she asked me if I could help out, and I said, "Yeah, if you're okay with the fact that I'll be just getting back from Rome for the performance." So fast forward, that was this past weekend. So I got back. We rehearsed. Saturday after we were back and then performed Sunday. The recital was great. She did a wonderful job. It's a lovely little performing space at the college. And that was fun for me because I did that a lot going through my own undergrad program, accompanying and performing. So to get to be an accompanist was fun. So that was that was busy. And then Monday we had a funeral for our confrere, Father Xavier Colavecchio. And that was a nice, intimate meaningful funeral with everyone there and that really was beautiful that we were able to be back just in time for all that to happen well and especially 
Father Xavier is so well known mm-hmm. by the international order. Yeah, he was the rector for a little bit at the Generalate House where we just were staying. Uh, it was years ago, but he was so he was out in Rome for a while. He did studies out there. He helped translate a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So that happened, and then we're into Holy Week. So I was resuming classes myself as well. Um, I also returning to St. Willie's Parish in uh, Green Bay. It was really fun and encouraging being out in Italy where you're surrounded by Italian and then our confreres speaking to one another in German or hearing other languages. It actually was affirming because after being able to understand very little in Italian, um, (laughs) coming back and hearing Spanish, it was actually really relieving, even though I still was missing entire ideas. I got to work still. But so that's been really affirming to get back into my language studies. Yeah, I mean, language on this trip to Rome was huge. Mm -hmm. Um, you definitely felt like a foreigner or a stranger being even in our house in the generalate because everything is celebrated in Italian. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, the Catholic Church offers a structure in liturgy that we have an idea of what part we're in in the Mass or in the Liturgy of the Hours, but I'm, I'm like sitting there going, I don't know what I'm saying or mm-hmm. what I'm listening to. Sure, right. We could have a general sense of where we were, at least, in the liturgy, in praying the divine office, all that. Yeah. And that's what we want to share with you all in this episode is what it's like as Norbertines to travel, looking at what is that like going to another Norbertine house? And then just as Norbertines, what was that like for us uh, exploring Rome and getting to know a different culture through this specific lens? Mm-hmm. So you were talking about language, praying in a different language. So that was definitely a big part of our experience walking around because everyone wants to speak Italian when we were exploring the city, right? Yeah. So that made it really challenging for us. And one of our confreres uh, from Romania, Brother Aaron, he was uh, gracious enough to show us around, to walk with us and show us different cathedrals and churches and uh, just kind of walk around Rome a little bit. Mm -hmm. And Having him with us, we were able to experience a lot more than if it was just the two of us mm-hmm. because he spoke, he speaks Italian. Mm-hmm. So a Monsignor kind of befriended us and he said, oh, there's a unique opportunity, uh, you know, in Italian. Of course, we wouldn't have been able to pick up on it. So mm-hmm. Aaron was a good translator and we were able to get in on a tour and another church able to go down to an old archaeological site or mm-hmm. an old sanctuary. Yeah, that... yeah, I think it's like the original church beneath it, because Rome, some of you may know, is built on top of itself. So like the ancient churches before the one that we're seeing that is already a thousand years old has an older one beneath it. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. And because he spoke the language, uh, the staff of these places would, uh, would engage us and like, come on, come on, check this out. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks be to God, we had a fluent Italian speaker. Mm-hmm. Brother Aaron will not say that he's fluent, but he <laughs> right, is. Right, he absolutely. Is. <laughs> it was interesting when we were seeing these different places. So like the one one of the first ones you were talking about, this unique experience, was when we were visiting the Basilica of Maria Maggiore mm-hmm. in Italy and in Rome. And we were in our habits for that one. And that definitely changed the dialogue. Um, otherwise, you know, everyone's surrounded by strangers. They don't know. But this Monsignor saw the three of us in habit, so he approached us really nice, really friendly. And that was an opportunity for us. A fun side comment on wearing our habits there. We found out that, especially at St. Peter's Basilica, if an Orbertine goes by himself in all white, 
it's a few have told that they've been stopped by security because it's this question of, you know, is this a fanatic dressing up as the Pope? What's going on here? Versus if there's two or three Norbertines together and have it, no question, because then people can see, oh, it's, you know, religious order. There's something bigger going on. So yeah. uh, we found that out. So when we went to the Basilica together in our habits, we were told it was all good. And we, it was fine in what, since there was two of us. Mm-hmm. Fun little side story there. Fun time. So being outside of the house was one thing. Being inside of it was fascinating just because, like you said, there were patterns, things that we could fall into, at least that were still similar to what we were used to. So gathering as a community for morning prayer, for mass, midday prayer, for evening prayer. So that's a really cool thing, traveling internationally in a religious order, or at least specifically for us as Norbertines, is finding this continuity, uh, at least parts of common life together. Mm -hmm. The schedule was different. I personally kind of liked it because the day started early. Yeah, it did. But part of their schedule that we don't have is nap time in the <laughs> afternoon. True. They have like two hours of nap. Siesta after lunch. One siesta. Which which we didn't participate in. Mm-hmm. We just kept working. So we was not wired that way. Yeah, I don't know. We would kind of drag, I guess, at night. We but, would. We'd have to go to bed earlier than most wanted to because if you didn't take an hour, a nap of some kind there in the afternoon, yep, you were a little tired. Yeah. So one of my favorite moments of this trip, when people talk about uh, what did you like most about being in Rome and being involved in these meetings, and for me, Rome wasn't as important as was meeting other Norbertines from the International Order. On this committee that we sat on, there were conferences from Germany, the Czech Republic, France, Hungary, and Belgium, and then us, and Um, Just having that experience of this more global perspective and recognizing even all our differences that we're still united in our bonds, I think, first to, to God and to Christ, but then to our following, to our way of life as Norbertines mm-hmm. that we're called to. And each of us looks a little bit different in how we live out that life, but there's still that connection. Mm-hmm. And it was fun to see how that played out organically in our conversations, that even when we were having some of our meetings for this media commission, talking about certain things that we want to share that are you know culturally relevant to the places where they live. If you live, if their abbey is in a bigger city or near a bigger metropolis, versus the ones that are in a more rural countryside area, so the type of people that they're seeing regularly at their houses. There was a funny kind of side conversation that would happen occasionally at the Generalate from those who were living there, um, like one of our conferences who was taking us around, and he was really punctual. He was from Germany, and so he was really getting us places, um, making sure, you know, here's what we'll do. We'll come back at this time. We'll get this taken care of. I liked that. One confer commented about that at one point and said, you know, oh, um, Father Gilbert, he's taking really great care of you because, you know, his German ethnicity, his German heritage is really making sure that you get everything fit in, um, which is funny because that's not as common in Italy. You know, Germany is also, my understanding, they're not taking a siesta after lunch like they do in Italy. So just different perceptions of time even. And so to have all that together in the house and how people jokingly, never, never angrily, um, jokingly talk about how we use our time um, when we're around one another. Yeah. (laughs) That was a fun conversation. Also, just good perspective because, again, you just get so used to one way. We see things through our house, through the United States, from Mm. our perspective. So I feel visiting the General at House, living with many people of different cultures, um, I don't know, just it reminds me – you got to really be willing to give each other room, not just in terms of us coming from different family backgrounds and different experiences, but then – 
bigger than that, cultural expectations, what's normal to me, could be super strange or rushed or unnecessarily detailed compared to someone who's a lot more go with the flow. Yeah, well, that's an interesting perspective with the general it that really there's only two confers there, let's say, with Italian ancestry. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's a melting pot. It's a mix of uh, Americans, Europeans, and Africans, and Asians. Mm -hmm. uh, and like, there isn't one culture. Like Frater An or Father Benny and Father Binu, when they come here to St. Norbert Abbey, this is an American house. True. Like They're everybody's American. Yeah. Like the general it, man, it's a it's a mix of a whole bunch of different cultures. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that adds a question of what are cultural norms in a mixed culture. Mm -hmm. right? And seeing how they come together. Because they did still choose to have all their meals in an Italian style, was my understanding. Ultimately, yeah. you know, a person from Italy might say, well, kind of, you know, quasi-Italian. But that would still seem to be the structure, the framework, because of that's where they lived. But a, a structure of our way of life, though, too, our life of prayer mm -hmm. and things, I think, also uh, keeps the sanity of the house, mm -hmm. right? That the, these are kind of non-negotiable, or these are our activities that mm -hmm. we affirm to as Norbertines. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We had a dialogue at St. Willie's also about being a bilingual church. There's something interesting about praying in a language that's not your native language. It feels different. There's just no getting around it. Praying in a different, even if you understand the language or even parts of it, it just feels different. Yeah. So well, cool. I mean, coming back, like morning prayer at the house in Chicago in mass, I'm like, oh, this is weird. It's in English. <laughs> like, yeah. Like the subconscious relief right away. Ooh, communicating is really easy. Yeah. These words just fly out. Yeah. Well, I just, I was so used to just kind of listening and not mm -hmm. vocalizing, not singing or anything. And I'm like, oh, not used to this after a week. Yeah. <laughs> Funny how quickly you can adapt when yeah. you're in a different place. Yeah. We have a few highlights other than all those fun things. Some other, you talked about memorable things and I would agree. Some of the most, some of the most memorable things of being in Rome was just getting to know Norbertines from around the world. And you get, you get to uniquely know a Norbertine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that was one of my memorable moment, moments. Um, I walked uh, during like the end of our meeting. Uh, there was just kind of conversation was wrapping up. So I walked down to the restroom down the hall. And apparently in larger houses or buildings like this, it's not uncommon that there's one door from the hallway into the restroom area. But then in that restroom area, there's like two or three doors for well, I guess, you know, the English in the UK would be water closet. And that's what it is. It's a closet, like the door where the toilet is shuts and you're in a small, tiny room. There's no stall or anything. So apparently that means that in Europe, it's a commonly understood thing that you don't need to necessarily shut the first door that leads into the hallway because you go into a water closet and you shut the door and you're in a different room. Well, I don't know this. That seems really strange to me. So I shut the door behind me kind of forcefully because it didn't seem to shut well. Uh, turns out there's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah. As I'm washing my hands and going to leave, the doorknob inside, the outer one I had shut, the doorknob did not work. It just spun. There's a little plastic handle that just went in circles. And I thought, hmm. I tried a few things and I realized I am locked in a bathroom. <laughs> and then I thought, ah, oh, this is kind of out of the beaten path of this building. I wonder how long I'll be in here. <laughs> I knew they were in their meeting, so they might wonder where I was. But thankfully, I heard footsteps and keys jingling. So I knocked. I heard the person pause. So I kept knocking and then finally just had to put all humility aside and <laughs> said loudly in English to the door, help, I am in a bathroom. I'm locked in here. Please help. <laughs> they came. They opened it. And um, Father Ardura, he laughed. He opened it. And he says, oh, you don't need to shut this door. 
And I thought, excellent. I will I, certainly remember this. I now understand yeah. why. Yeah. Turns out. <laughs> so, and apparently that door was left that way, so maybe some other visitor will have a fun experience like me. Yeah, yeah. One good memorable moment. How about you? I mean, probably the most moving moments, experiences being in Rome was in the Vatican. We were in the Sistine Chapel, and it's just jam-packed with people. A priest was there, you know, announcement came over the intercom in Italian and English that he would be there for a spiritual direction, a blessing, reconciliation. He'd be in the front of the Sistine Chapel if anybody wanted to talk with him. Well, we were like in the middle or back of the Sistine Chapel. It's packed. We wiggle our way back to the front and I got to celebrate the Sacrament of Reconciliation with the priest. And I was like, Man, this is awesome. We're in this beautiful Sistine Chapel and experiencing God's grace through the sacrament. For me, the positive experience, not only the beauty aesthetically, but the beauty of that grace that's transferred in the human experience of the sacrament. Mm. I mean, that was that was awesome. Yeah, that was, that was a cool moment in the Sistine Chapel itself. But for me, the beauty was probably one of the first churches that we visited right next to the general at San Saba. And an old, like, first century yeah, church. Yeah, I don't remember, but yeah, it was really old. As we walked into the church, there were only a couple of frescoes where the paint was peeling away. But to me, to have that simplicity of just two frescoes that I could just stare at, they just, like, brought me in. To me, that was a beautiful experience where just my personality type, like I walk into a department store and there's all these options. Or an example, I guess, before this, you, Frater Jonathan, asked what I wanted from Ed's cafe mm-hmm. uh, for <laughs> coffee. And I, I panic when I go into Starbucks. Like Too many uh, options. Too yeah, many too options. many options. <laughs> We're like these great basilicas. There's too many options mm. that I just like, I get overwhelmed. Or the simplicity of the older churches... The simplicity and beauty, it just sucks me right in. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a great way. Nice self-awareness. Yeah. St. Teresa of Avila would be proud. <laughs> self-awareness is how we get to know God better. Woo. Nice. And she's a doctor. And she's a doctor of the church. So we hope you enjoyed hearing some of our experiences in Rome. It's fun to share them. We're really thankful for the opportunity that the order supported us going and that the Abbot General invited us. It was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It was great. For sure. If you like what you hear, go to www.norbertines.org and click on the podcast tab. We'd love to hear from you. Click on the contact the podcast team tab. Let us know what you think, some other ideas, questions, other things you want to hear about Rome. Or you can go to iTunes, search Cannons on the Run, make sure to subscribe and uh, download an app to your iPhone or uh, computer and you can listen to us on there. Make sure to give us a rating, leave a comment. And if you want to hear more about our, or see and hear more about our experience in Rome, check out our Facebook page, the St. Norbert Abbey Facebook page. Jordan did a great job of compiling some of the videos that I was taking willy-nilly as we went about our adventures, and that gives you a sense of what we were doing, running around, and, and literally running, and also seeing the city. So yeah. go to our Facebook page and check those out, too. And YouTube. There's a couple of those. Yes. YouTube. When this podcast is released, it will be Easter. The Lord has risen. So as we continue to journey in this Easter season, in this Holy Week, this Triduum, uh, let us continue to keep one another in prayer and uh, continue to strive in one mind and one heart on our way to God.
St. Norbert. Pray for us. Thank you.